Hey, 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 welcome to the Sports Reverence Podcast. My name is Dan. And my name's Drew. We're no experts, but we are the Sports Reverence. Train to Invest is one of North America's leading investment education and training corporations. Our purpose is to provide a new way for families, individuals, and communities to think about wealth management. Through teaching, training, and coaching individuals in the art and science of self-directed investing, we focus on a foundation based on capital preservation. Train to Invest offers a complete education and training experience focusing on fundamental analysis, technical analysis, risk analysis, and developing skills for active trading. To find out more, visit our website at www.traintoinvest.com and download our free ebook to start your journey towards financial freedom. Again, that's www.train2invest.com and download our free ebook today. Happy May 4th, everybody. Happy Star Wars Day. I hope you had a great Star Wars Day. There's a lot of notable May 4ths throughout history. One of them I'm going to highlight is the Toronto Raptors actually won their first playoff series in 2001, led by the Vince Carter against the New York Knicks. And uh, back then they only had five game series in the first round. And that was excellent for the Raptors to make a stand and win their first ever playoffs in history. Um, Next May 4th, that's pretty notable is Steph Curry was named MVP in 2014, 2015. Uh, Another May 4th, uh, historic day was Albert Pujols hit his 3,000th hit. Pretty exciting stuff. And lastly, I wanted to highlight Charles Barkley on May 4th in 1994 in the first round of the playoffs scored 56 points. It was pretty impressive. Lots of May 4ths out there. It's great to have an awesome podcast today. And we got the coach with us. What's up, coach? Not too much. Loving my May 4th. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. There he is. There he is. And we got and we got all on the docket today is the MJ documentary, the, the docu series. And I'm going to kick it to Drew to start us off. What are your thoughts on episode five and six? Well, it was it was a pretty good episode. It was it was exciting to see Kobe. Uh, I thought it was going to be. I was talking to Joel earlier. I thought it was going to be more of Kobe, but uh, yeah, and. But I, I love seeing just like the tenacity and the drive that MJ had at all times, like whether it be the all-star game, uh, like, and we saw earlier on in the, in the doc that when they went over to Europe and he's anything, anything he's putting his all into and, uh, and yeah, just the drive uh, love seeing the dream team. Like I wasn't, I wasn't old enough to remember the dream team, but it was pretty cool to see all those players. Uh, the beef between him and Isaiah a little more. Uh, I love seeing those beefs. We don't really see that in today's game all that much. Everyone's, uh, you know, buddy, buddy. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I can't say enough about the doc. I, I love it. Uh, today was the first day of golf season, but I made sure to uh, take out two hours and watch the doc. Awesome. What are, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Coach? Uh, well, one thing that stuck out to me was it had in loving memory of Kobe in the beginning, but didn't say anything about David Stern. 
I'd always assumed that the Jordan Stern relationship was a lot better than that. Um, but that's just an aside point. It was honestly, I love Mondays now. In two weeks, when the MJ doc is over, it's going to be back to Mondays suck. But um, like Drew was saying, the All Star games, there's no, with Jordan, the light switch never flicks off. You know, we, we talk a lot about nowadays about um, saving yourself for the playoffs or resting or talking about the Lakers in the past and the second on the three-peat there, just flicking the switch with the Carmelone team. Like, you, you can't do that and be an elite team. And I think a, a lot of guys, like, look at LeBron. He coasts throughout the entire year and then turns it on in the playoffs. Now, luckily, the guy can do it for most part. Um, he can flick that switch. But if you don't play that way the whole year, your team isn't going to be used to that. And to see Jordan, like we talked, like we were talking about before, flipping quarters with the quote-unquote security team, like he was like, "No, nah, you guys always give me bad odds. Let's just amp it up, right?" And he's like, "You make millions of dollars. These guys make maybe forty grand at the most. Yeah, you, you want to take their money, but like, it's cool to see that side of things, but also see him being generous with like giving tickets away." Uh, to his, to his teammates who are obviously not going to get tickets for their families and stuff. So I think that was cool. It was uh, a really interesting look into Jordan's life, but I also expected more about Kukoc as well, but he might come up more. He may not. I'm not sure. We'll see. what do you think? Yeah. Some of my thoughts were kind of on the funny side. I loved the Jordan commercials that were, that were replayed. They're so spikely. So good. Yeah. The spikely <laughs> one and, the Gatorade ones, like, oh my goodness. McDonald's. Uh, another thing I noticed is that they, uh, yeah, McDonald's, they changed the name of Barack Obama. Instead of being a resident of Chicago, they changed it to President Barack Obama for this, uh, for this episode. Eh? So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool as well just to see the competitive nature of why they went at Tony Kukoc. Um, it wasn't, uh, it had nothing against Tony Kukoc. It was, and see Jay all Krause's the... Fault. <laughs> yeah exactly jerry Krause's fault it was funny seeing all the other reporters and like charles barkley uh be authentic and trying to say his name <laughs> uh, <laughs> like classic charles just messing everything up uh, with names and stuff so i thought that was kind of cool too i think and, yeah. the one thing you can take away from the entire jordan doc is expectations yeah um, and i think that it, it was Explain very that a little bit jewel um, I think it's it's pretty evident, like, Jerry Krause was saying, Phil's not coming back. Jordan's saying, I'm not coming back if Phil's not coming back. They've already won two. Um, the expectation is that the Bulls are going to win again, right? Up, in, up until this point, I don't think they've been in a game seven in a series at all, right? So the expectation is they're going to win, and it's, it's just like any kind of um, dynasty. If you look back in history – all the dynasties and the political side of things, look at sports dynasties, that quote unquote rule of more starts to eat you out from the inside. So to having that same drive, mm -hmm. having that same desire, having that same push to excel becomes harder and harder because it's expected of you. Right. Yeah. And like, I think, I think it's in the doc. Um, only three or four teams had one back to back before the Jordan Bulls did. Yeah, something like that. Right, something like that in the first time. And that just shows you how hard it is to push yourself for a full season, then a, then the playoffs go all the way to the end, then an off season, and then back into the new season. Yeah. 
you think about Jordan did that from 91, 92, then 92, 93, and then they had in between there the Olympics. That's just a lot of burnout from that first section. Now you're coming through, he's older. Like, you just play a lot of games. And for sure, Jordan, Jordan's also, like, he also had a lot in between games and leaving his yeah. hotel on every moment, right? Like, every moment he had to be on is what they were talking about. And exactly. You could see that taking a toll for sure. I, I also liked how um, uh, how the, the relationship between him and Kobe was a little bit um, elaborated on. Um, he was actually a big brother to Kobe. And uh, actually giving him advice during a game, uh, good advice, a detailed answer. Like, that's really cool, I thought. Uh, it's a good mentorship there. Um, all right. I think, uh, let's see what your thoughts here on the dream team, Drew, if you can elaborate a little bit more on that. And then I'm going to ask you guys a question. Oh, exciting. Well, I'm looking forward to the question. I don't know what it's going to be. But <laughs> I think it's cool, like, uh, like the United States – I don't know the history of it, but apparently they're embarrassed like the last Olympics because they weren't sending professional players and, and yeah. And just to see the best players in the world, like come together at that time, uh, they, they were talking about like going to the Olympics, put basketball on the map, uh, like people that wouldn't normally see these guys play and, and even watching Jordan walk around, uh, where was it Barcelona and yeah. that big that big uh, mural on the wall like or that poster like just crazy uh, just giving them new fans and and seeing uh, the thing that stuck out the most was that practice that scrimmage that they had where they yeah. went like crazy back and forth and and you For see sure. uh, Barkley giving it to giving it to Jordan and and talking about how like as soon as you uh, give something to Jordan to be upset about or to drive him. Like there's no stopping him. Yeah. And uh, Barkley even said afterwards, he's like, why did I have to go and say that? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but just to see like the best players playing together, playing against each other in that scrimmage and then coming together to, to win was, uh, was cool to see. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. So here's the question for, for everyone here. Uh, it's kind of, I think it's a pretty good debate um, that's been kind of going around as well. Is it, would you choose the dream team or the quote unquote, the redeem team as the better team? Oh, that's a tough one. So um, the redeem team roster, um, does anyone have that by chance? The them? redeem one? Yeah. Because we all pretty much just watched the, I'll pull up the redeem here. That's um that's a really good question actually. I'll, I'll give you props for that. Um, so we got Chris Paul, Darren Williams, Jason Kidd. That's point guards. And then Kobe uh, in that team. Kobe, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Michael Red at shooting guard. LeBron, Melo, Tayshon Prince. Carlos Boozer. I, uh, I think it's a it's a tough thing to to say. Simply because stylistically, and this is going to, I mean, translate across all decades and eras or whatever, but stylistically the game was so different when the dream team played versus when the redeem team played, right? Yeah. I was just, I was just flipping through Instagram today and on the ringer, I saw Bill uh, Simmons talking with his buddy about the best teams ever. <clears throat> and he was saying uh, that Warriors team with Durant, 
versus these Bulls, if you just plot the Bulls team in from uh, 97-98, it's unfair because they, they have no idea what's going on. Right, because the game is just so different. Right, because they're, they're not – you look at the layup lines, guys are shooting threes all of a sudden yeah. versus them who are just going in for dunks, right? Yeah, true. Uh, I, I think – I think that I would still take a Michael Jordan-led team over the redeemed team because of that flip-the-switch mentality. Because, hmm. um, I mean, LeBron would try and guard Jordan. Wouldn't happen. Kobe would try, right? And he'd probably do a decent job, I would think. But Mike would just I, – I just think Mike would just one-up him. Yeah. I, I just – the redeemed team, I think – doesn't have that will to win that Jordan's team would have had. You still got, you still got, you got magic on that team. You got Barkley, you got Patrick Ewing, right? That's some size that could really match up. Yeah. It's an old magic though. An old Larry Bird, yeah. right? Yeah. And a young Jordan. That's pre-championship Jordan. But it's not young. Like it's not super young Jordan. That's true. The only, the only edge I would give to the redeem team is that these are all guys right in their primes that's fair yep. 2000 2008 version of chris paul darren williams kobe Mellow. Dwayne wade like those are like that's right in right coming up lebron mellow you also remember but, that mellow yeah. mellow on the international stage was un- unreal oh mm-hmm. yeah that shorter three was just money for him the 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 biggest difference i see is also just bigs right their bigs are way better than the the dream team's bigs are way bigger better than redeem team's bigs. yeah right? and that's that's a difference in style of play like yeah so the so basically i'm not necessarily sold that if um just because the nba has changed to three-point shooting um i know the fouls and physicality has all changed but uh, i'm not sold on just because the warriors uh, kind of change the league and everyone's using the analytics to shoot threes. If your roster isn't ba- uh, made to like shoot threes, right? Yeah, if, no. if you build around the, your team and how they play, I still think if they're good enough that way, it would translate to today's game. No, mm. I, I agree with you. I'm, I, was, I think the point they were making is if you just went back in time using Back to the Future, grab the guys, drop them in a game, it would be unfair. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what For I'm sure. saying. I, I think yeah. same and same vice versa. If you took the went back yeah. into the future with, well, with yeah. But, yeah, but if Michael Jordan played today, oh. I'm sure he would work on his. Th- like he would be a three point shooter. Like yeah, like he'd he'd style his game after the what the game's going to. I I think if you gave this 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 dream team two weeks or the even the '98 Bulls two weeks just to kind of like okay this is what basketball is like now. Yeah. It would be over. I still think they would win. Steve Kerr would be a all star. <laughs> Just hitting open trade. Didn't they ask day. Steve Kerr that? Like who would who would win the or his Warriors? Yeah, against, I think they asked the him for sure. I think he gave a humble answer. Yeah, um, but uh, I think he would actually be a pretty big name in our league today because he can play defense as well. Yeah. But, well, I mean, he can play defense like Steve Nash can play defense. Whoa. Okay. Come on. That's yeah. Come I don't on. know. You're giving a lot of credit. I think you give more credit to Steve Nash on defense than I would. Um, I also I also didn't realize that the the big shot that Paxson hit there. Yeah, the, that, that was that was such a big thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he wasn't like he he said I wasn't supposed to get the ball in that play, but <laughs> as a player, you're always ready to take the big shot. It was it's like the 2008 Linda Christian Wings and uh, tw- Division 12 finals Steve, where Steve where Cameron, Steve Cameron gets Bumps. the ball in the corner, hasn't Almost made a shot all game. <laughs> it's the game winner. No one talks about the guy who scored 28 points that game, just Steve Cameron. Who was that, Daniel? That was me. Oh man, that was me, man. How many years have you been out of high school? Uh, too many. Too yeah, many. it's time to stop telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> it just came, actually just came up on my Facebook uh, story reminder. Steve Cameron put up a, uh, okay, sure. he had his little clip. He only had the clip of his shot, though. Of course um, he did. What so else would he have up? He, he had to delete the rest of the game, he said. So, uh, yeah. it's fantastic. I, I okay. So, before you jump off the Dream Team, I, I think um, the one thing that, that really – separates Jordan and LeBron and Kobe and the whole dream team versus redeem team is the exposure that basketball got. Um, nowadays, everybody knows what basketball is. With, with social media and all technology, you can stream the games wherever you are. Back then, people had to watch games on tape delay. Yeah. Right? There's no Twitter. There's no Instagram. There's no live streaming. And, and people always say, oh, but don't you think, don't you think the NBA has grown more globally now than it did back then? Like no. it just started, but now no. it's like, without that dream team, this, this whole global expansion is 10, 15 years down the line. It, it, it really jumpstarted everything. And because basketball as early as 1986, 80s, 1986, like the early nineties was still on tape delay in some places in yeah. the States. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't very popular. The whole like the, the real difference is Michael Jordan as a brand and as a person just exploded. Yeah. Right. And so like the LeBron, those guys can brand themselves and market everything, but there's not going to be a whole culture of people who've never heard of basketball, mm-hmm. or never seen NBA players. For sure. And I think that's a great point. Uh, maybe that's a good transition point about even talking about Michael Jordan's brand, how mm-hmm. uh, even uh Hip hop star Nas was quoted in there saying that a Michael Jordan shoe is like a lightsaber, uh, getting a lightsaber from Star Wars, right? That's how special it is. Um, yeah, his brand is what is so phenomenal to me. Like to this day, he still sells the most sneakers. Like that's wild. Yeah. And I think it's a cool story. Uh, I never heard about his mom yeah. like forcing him to go take the interview. Yeah, he didn't want to. He didn't want to go. For sure, Adidas yeah. couldn't come up with a shoe either. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. The whole, and they the paid whole him two hundred fifty thousand as a rookie. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like they took a chance, and that was the best investment they've ever made. I think. You guys can't remember Converse being a good shoe. No. I remember Dwayne Wade came out with a a line of Converse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fair. black and white. Yeah. Black and white ones. Um, they would cut up the back of your ankles. I remember. They were <laughs> they were not very good. It's it's funny because like. Like even your sweater right now, Air Jordan. Like that's just that's right. And it's like iconic. Yeah. Right. Like everybody knows what it is. And if Nike didn't take that chance, like they sold so many shoes in that first year, they must have been like, oh. Exactly. Well, over a hundred million they made. They're expecting yeah. to make three million. They made over a hundred. Three that's, years. In three years. Right. Yeah. That's that's wild. All right. So speaking of Nike uh, taking a gambling chance, let's talk about Jordan's gambling. Um, what did that? What was your first impressions? Uh, whoever wants to go, you, you can go ahead, Joel. Okay, 
Um, I think a lot of things, it's because it was so secretive for so long. Like no one knew why he retired in between the first and second three-peats. And it was assumed gambling and all this kind of stuff. You're still talking about it like that. Yeah. And I, I think that if it was a real problem, something would have come out by now. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you know, somebody would have said, oh, Jordan's got to go to rehab or whatever. I think. Do you think he would be a billionaire? <laughs> no, I, I just, I, yeah. I mean, like when he said in the doc, like, I would lose my house. I would lose all my money. I'd be on the streets, blah, 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 blah. I don't think, I don't, I really didn't understand why it was such a big deal until you think about it in the frame set of expectations and the brand and how David Falk, his agent, and created the, the, the ideal image of be like Mike. Like they said, no one can be like Mike. Right, right. right. Mike couldn't be like Mike. Yeah. And like you can't hold people to such impossible stuff. They're not Jesus. Yeah. Right? Like that's the only person who could do that. And sure, he had he gambled a lot, but like, like they said, ten thousand dollars to Michael Jordan is like ten bucks to us. Hundred percent. Which is which is you know not a big deal. Um, I I think I think it was just a talking point. It was finally a chink in the armor of Jordan's brand and reputation. They talked about a lot about that in the doc. Yeah, and that book the whole gambling thing. I I don't think it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah to me yeah all right Drew. what do you think yeah like i i think people always look like i forget who was talking about it but like in america they love the rise and fall of stars right and yeah. i think they were David looking Aldridge. for something um they were looking for something to see that this guy is actually human and bring him down down to earth and in doing that i i think someone said like you're gonna drive him out of basketball like all these these, these media Magic, swarming yeah. him Magic, yeah. and and that's what ended up happening i think everyone's trying to pinpoint it on the gambling when it was actually the the media's coverage of what yeah. was going on that yeah. said, i'm done with this and even his dad had to step in and yeah like take the questions for him because he was just fed up with it yeah true when you first heard it did it like sully your opinion of michael jordan at first no not at all like 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 i don't condone what he did but he again he said he's not breaking any league rules team rules yeah he wasn't doing anything illegal like this is just something he enjoyed to do he was in his rights to do it yeah and uh yeah i it didn't sully my opinion of him at all yeah, I just, just, I, it just speaks again to his, he said, I don't have a problem with gambling. I've got a competitive, like, I can't turn off the competition, right? Like, yeah, everything I do needs to be a competition. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's unreal. I love that line. Um, do you, do you s- think that, um, Go ahead, Joel. Sorry. Do you think that in today's news cycle, the way things are so quickly cycled through, it would have been a, a, a blip in the radar and gone through? Or would it still be something that's, asked about day in day out for months and months and months on end well i think i think like he there's conflicting stories on the when he went with his dad to uh, atlantic city to atlantic city right like if he was out the night before a game till 2 30 in the morning i think that would still be a news story 
but yeah. he said he was, he, was out, he was out by midnight, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it, like, what really happened? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. And in today's age, he wouldn't be able to lie about that. Like he wouldn't be able to get away with a two and a half hour difference of yeah, that's true. like, there'd be yeah. pictures, there'd be TMZ showing up like, yeah. So, and like there was a, I think it was released last year. Jeremy Roenick was saying he was out, I think it was before his yeah. um, Cavs game where he dropped a big, uh, it was against the Cavs. I think it was. Yeah. And, they played uh, three, they played three games of golf. Right. And day was, of a game, <laughs> and they were drinking, and it kept going, and he bet lots of money. Jeremy Roenick won a lot of money that day, and he goes and yeah. drops his career high against the Cavs um, that day. I think it was like forty-eight points or something like that. Yeah, and, uh, I remember hearing that story because because Jeremy Roenick won the first round of eighteen. They went out early in the morning, right? And MJ wouldn't leave until he beat him. <laughs> exactly. So they they ended up playing three That's round, cool. three full rounds of golf. Yeah the day of a game like yeah honestly i think he needed that kind of stuff just to like help his mind right that's what took his mind off of of his competitive like basketball nature he just needed to take his mind out of basketball for a bit so he could be ready um all right so that's yeah pretty good on gambling stuff i loved how he um yeah i I would rather call it competitive stuff Uh, i loved how he was wearing his sunglasses in his uh, interview with ahmad rashad and was talking about um, how he's sick of this all, man. I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I haven't been doing anything wrong. I wouldn't change the way I did anything. Um, yeah. This is just how it is. And uh, I liked how he was wearing sunglasses. I think that'd be some, that'd be perfect for memes uh, today. So uh, <laughs> that would be his another addition. He'd be in the memes way before crying Jordan meme. So, yeah. Okay. It, also, just one more thing. It, yeah. We saw a lot of humanizing of Jordan. Yeah, that's true. Episodes. I think yeah. that's really important because like, we always think about Jordan as um, some out, out of this world figure. Yeah. But he's just a guy. A normal yeah. person stresses on things like that. So I think that was really one of the cool things. Yeah. And Jordan. like everyone's trying to get him to fall or find that like, you know, TMZ mm-hmm. thing. And, and this is all they could find. Like, you know, he's a pretty stand-up guy. I love the, the comments and, and videos of how he, I think it was his last two or three years where he met with a, um someone who had a disability or something for at least five to ten minutes before every game um for sure in his last year is what it said in the doc and i thought that was just like a really cool um i don't know showing of his character too because he has a heart and all that so um okay let's talk a little bit about charles barkley um I, uh, charles barkley you know one for charles say again Do you know any nicknames for charles before the we start? round pound of rebound Anything else? The round Sir mound. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Sir Charles. What else do you got, Joel? No, I don't know. Those are the domain two ones. My, my favorite ever Charles Barkley story was, um, I think it was his rookie year. He was in Philadelphia. He ordered a pizza to the bench. Oh. <laughs> it was unreal. Can you just imagine that? Ate the whole yeah. thing too, Ate right? the whole thing. Crushed the whole oh, thing. Oh, yes. But I think, I think the, like, with his personality coming out now with being on – uh tnt and stuff like yeah people are losing sight on the fact that he was such a dominant player yeah they just hear Shaq talk about how he didn't win a ring yeah Yeah. and to be honest like that's my perspective on him being a kid born in 92 like yeah like charles barkley is the guy on tv that's really funny and yeah 
that's it. <laughs> but you don't know many as a as an amazing NBA player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Going into Game Three, they're down two zero in Chicago. Goes to was it triple overtime? Yeah, was that Game Three? And yep. and he's the one who puts up all these points, leads them to victory. Like that just shows how great he is. And and the round before that, they were playing the Supersonics, I believe. And um, that's actually he has amazing stats. He put up uh, forty points a couple times on Sean Kemp in that series, which is just ridiculous. And the Rain Man is a big dude. Yeah, like Charles Barkley was so so good. Um, one of my thoughts was when uh, Charles Barkley actually won uh, the MVP that year and Jordan was just so, you could see his fire about being mad about losing the MVP to Charles Barkley that year. And he went and yeah. told, he told him that he's going to win this, the ring, the championship trophy, especially because yeah. he didn't win MVP that year. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I wonder if Charles would trade that MVP for the ring. Yeah. Oh, down. <laughs> down. oh yeah. Charles is a team guy. Yeah, I mean that was also kind of it's, it's kind of weird because in both three peats, you have a white guy shooter saving the team, you have a guy who shouldn't win MVP win MVP over Jordan. In Barkley, you don't think and, Charles should have won MVP that year? Ah, it's Jordan. I'm gonna be biased towards Jordan regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very weird the similarities that that come through. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're, as to your question about about Barkley, um. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I agree. Definitely. Definitely gets lost in the shuffle, especially because you go 92, he makes the finals, and that's it. That's the last thing you see him in the finals. Right? Then it's playoff, out, playoff, out, playoff, out. And then so you got the Jordan. Then you have Houston winning everything. You got Jordan again. Yeah. You have the Lakers, and he's out of the league. Yeah. It was a tough, it was a tough run for Charles. And uh, is even in the documentary, it says uh, the toughest team they played that year was the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Final, the yeah. Bulls, right? And yeah. uh, that that was a great series. That it looked like a great series, that's for sure. Um, that was that, that was so physical. Like, oh my goodness! And and I didn't realize how good the Knicks team actually was. It wasn't just Patrick Ewing, um, John Starks and. And they were yeah, a good team. Those dunks that John Starks had, like over those big guys, like just, just like, unreal. Sneaky bunnies on this guy, and he's Solo fighting guy. everybody. Yeah. John Starks yeah. is like, wow. Something, something that stood out to me was uh, when the Bulls were down by four points in the last minute. Like how easily they let Michael Jordan score. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, like they just it, went coast to coast. Yeah, and but they no one even stepped up. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, I don't. That that looked quite. It it looked funny. It it almost looked like they were expecting the Bulls to come out and take a timeout or something, like yeah. come down the floor and take a timeout. But Weird. yeah, that, that just puts his head down and goes. Yeah. Well, I found I found some more Charles Barkley nicknames. Okay. There's the Chuck Wagon. Nice. Yeah. The Prince of Pizza. <laughs> the Incredible Bulk. <laughs> the Leaning Tower of Pizza. And Bread Truck. Nice. Oh, and one more boy gorge. Boy gorge. No. Nothing about Krispy Kremes in there? Nah, not that I can find here. Oh, but man. Those are delicious. Yeah, that's true. Man, we should get Krispy Kreme to, to do this pod. That'd be unreal. Yeah. That's our uh, shout out to Krispy Kreme. Um, be our next sponsor, please. No free ads. Um, yeah. 
we'll, we'll, we, you can pay us in donuts. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that competitive side of Charles Barkley as well. And uh, the underrated player in that first three P team, like how good was Horace Grant? Like he's unreal. Yeah. I didn't yeah. think he was that good, but he's really, really good. Goggles. Goggles and all like he's throwing down. He's rebounding. He had, he had tough covers. Like, come yeah. on. He's the guy. He had to cover all the bigs, right? Like, he was a. It's it's surprising. You just think of those first that first three Peter is just Jordan and Pippen. Yeah. Kind of throw Horace Grant in there, and in the dock you see the guy is just jacked like nobody's business right now. Huge, yeah. Just, he, yeah. It was it was too bad that, according to the doc, he felt o- overshadowed by Jordan. Yeah. And he took that personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I mean. If a few things swing the right way, maybe Jordan doesn't retire the first time. Maybe. Right? Keep that yeah. team together. You know, I mean, again, there's a lot going on in his, Jordan's life, too. I think, like, the, his father passing away yeah, that was and, and all that, right? It just got to him. So, wanted to carry out his father's wishes for him and all that. I think we're probably going to get to that in the next, in the next yeah. uh, episode. Do you guys like how it's jumping from, like, all over the map basically it's yeah. cool it's going back and forth i like it yeah it's it's nice eh? I like any it. other thoughts guys on this jordan doc oh i'm excited for next monday oh i can't wait i can't wait i think i think it's it's uh, i'll 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 wrap up myself on thoughts about this is it it is showing a lot of people who didn't get a chance to see michael jordan a rare look into him yeah, mm-hmm. you can look at YouTube videos. You can look at whatever, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really encapsulate who he was and, and the impact that he had in the game. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing that makes him the goat, is because he changed the game forever. Like even when you watch guys play today, they don't attack the rim the, the way he does, right? They don't use the moves he does, the counters left and right. Um, the whole idea of a mid-range jumper is gone. Right, like they've, they've okay. outlawed that, but Jordan was money. He was super efficient from wherever he shot, mm-hmm. and I think Drew, you hit you hit it on the head. I mean, if you played in today's NBA, he'd be an amazing three point shooter. Yeah, Jalen Jalen Rose said he would average two more points a quarter, and at least two free throws more a quarter. Yeah, um, so that would bring his average up to about forty. Yeah, like it's it's easy to see that, especially with the way the game's played today. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that's one of the really exciting things about getting this documentary is seeing the competitiveness and the work ethic that he put in, into his craft and how he made that a priority versus guys today about, oh, my brand, this, that, the other, what I drive, all that kind of stuff. You're kind of seeing that in Giannis, I think, a little more as he's working his way uh, to develop the weaknesses in his game. Um, but again, no one touches Jordan in that kind of aspect. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's really cool about the doc. Yeah, I like that. It also showed that even though he didn't talk or and still doesn't talk about politics and stuff like that, he he still um, was generous and charitable and gave money out and uh, respected his parents and all those kinds of things. So you could see that. I I kind of expected the background of Michael Jordan to kind of be, uh, you know, how, you know how NBA superstars are like the womenizers and and mm. doing all these kinds of other stuff, right? But you can see that he was like, you know, he's a super 
chill, relaxed guy, right? He just wants to hang out. And uh, so, sorry, say that again. He's a mama's boy. Yeah, he's a mama's boy. Like, yeah. um, just a gym rat at the end of the day is what he is. So, uh, next pod, hopefully, we're dropping one this week, midweek sometime. Stay tuned for that. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, everything you can do in all major platforms. We're also on YouTube now. Um, shout out to Star Wars Day once more. Um, okay. Drew and Joel, you have to name your favorite Star Wars, either character or movie. Ooh. Choose one. Uh, my favorite movie is Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And my favorite part of that movie is when uh, Anakin turns. Okay. That's like a very rare answer. Um, <laughs> I'll give you that, though. That's good. I'm deep, man. I'm deep. That's good. What about you, Drew? Who's your favorite character or your favorite movie? He's Googling Star Wars right now. Give him a chance. I definitely am. Dark so, uh... Dark, right? <laughs> yeah for me i will say my favorite character will always be chewbacca because he's just a beast and i love his roar and i wish i could do that and he's got a good shot i want that crossbow is all i want but it's not and if if there was a one-on-one basketball game out of only star wars characters i would choose chewbacca no siths because they would cheat i mean that's just handicapping the game why why I would choose Yoda. Yoda just use the force and just be like, boom. Move around, <laughs> yeah. move around you. No, that'd be cheating. How is that cheating? Yoda's an honorable guy. How is that cheating? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it's cheating. Yeah, see, it seems. See, now you're bending the rules to make it fit your theme. Well, Yoda was honorable. I don't think that's honorable. Mm. Just the force you is supposed to be used to defend things. All right, Drew. Who, shout it out. Uh, I'm, I'm a Han Solo fan. I definitely... Hey, I, love, I love Harrison Ford, so... That's my that's good. That's my pick. That that guy's got some crazy roles though, Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah, he does. We can make a whole pod just about him. Indiana Jones. But we won't. We're the sports <laughs> reverends. So we will see you guys later this week. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Yeah. Samara and Jane is an Australian-based accessories retailer with all of the latest fashion trends from around the world. Ladies, update your style game with gorgeous earrings, necklaces, and other jewelry for affordable prices. And guys, you can shop for that special lady in your life too. Use discount code SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. That's SPORTSREV30 for 30% off your entire order. Use discount code at checkout at samaraandjane.com.